calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey there, everybody. Jenny has left for two weeks to go to New York, so you are going to be stuck with me for all of your intro needs. Never fear, I think I'm going to do a great job. Okay, here we go. First of all, as you know, we donate the proceeds from our handwritten lyric sheets to a different organization that contributes to the greater good every month. Last month, we were able to donate $1,000 to Time's Up, and we donated that money in Eliza Dushku's name. We've been so inspired by your continued conversation around Time's Up that, listen to this, we partnered with Christine Tuna, who you may know from being the wonderful designer of our logo, on a limited edition t-shirt that's now up in our store. The shirt reads, it's a Buffy quote, be the thing that monsters have nightmares about. I personally think we're doing a great job being the thing that certain monsters will continue to have nightmares about. The shirt will be up in our store for pre-order beginning today and ending on February 21st. 100% of the proceeds from that shirt will go to benefit Time's Up. Thank you, Christine, for helping us with this new fun project. And thank you to all of you for continuing to support this awesome work. Speaking of the Greater Good initiative that we do here, February is Black History Month. We are so excited to tell you that we're going to be donating this month's proceeds to the Brown Boy Project. I'm going to tell you just a little bit about their mission. Launched in 2010, the Brown Boy Project works to transform the way that communities of color talk about gender. They build the leadership, economic self-sufficiency, and health of LGBTQ people of color, pipelining them into the social justice movement. So they're incredible. I've known of their work since I started this work, also in 2010. And I just think that they're, what they're doing is so important. And this is certainly a very great month to donate to them. You can grab yourself a lyric sheet by going over to our website, bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Just click on the announcement bar at the top of that page. Thank you again for always helping us support the work of incredibly necessary organizations like the Brown Boy Project. A reminder to you all that our prom in Los Angeles has sold out, but that we will be doing a free, totally open to the public meetup at Griffith Park on Sunday, March 11th. Information about the prom and the meetup can be found at bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash prom. Pretty easy to remember. Remember also that if you'd like to hold your own prom-inspired meetup, no matter how big or small, you can submit the details using the link found at the bottom of our prom page. 
Many of you have asked about streaming parts of the prom, and we want you to know that we'll be using our Instagram stories in a really fun way that night. And we'll also be streaming several of the live performances for our patrons on our secret Facebook page. More information to come on all of that in the coming weeks. So stay tuned. If you want to be a part of that secret Facebook group, of course you can be at any level of giving on our Patreon page, and you can find that information at our website. Just click on Patreon. Okay, last thing. We're heading into a discussion of enemies, and we are so, so excited to be joined by Rishi K. Shearway, co-host of The West Wing Weekly and Song Exploder. Oh my God, are you so excited? And also, Rishi creates music as 1AM radio. Yes. Okay, now that you know what to expect, buckle your seatbelts and let us go forth into the land of enemies. to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one by one, spoiler free. I am Jenny Owen Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo. And this week we are talking about season three, episode 17, Enemies. Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every week for an original song written by us recapping the Buffy episode we are discussing. Enemies was, of course, written by Doug Petrie and directed by David Grossman and originally aired on March 16th. 1999, St. Patrick's Day Eve. (laughs) This is the one, according to IMDb, where as Faith attempts to seduce Angel and steal his soul, the mayor summons a dark magic demon to finish the job. Jesus. (laughs) Uh, This is also the one where we have a very special guest. So exciting to be sitting in a room with Rishikesh Hirway. Who is so tall and so gentle. You may know him from his glorious podcasts. Uh, one is called Song Exploder, and it is amazing. And one is called The West Wing Weekly. Maybe no the. Jenny, come on. <laughs> and it's so great. Uh, and he co-hosted with Joshua Molina. You don't need me to tell everyone every detail of your life and possibly misnomer your fucking west wing podcast right now that's not what you need please begin to speak so that i may you're right there's a the oh, it's the oh, west wow weekly. you're right the first Phew. time yeah but like casually mm-hmm. west wing weekly mm-hmm. yeah i would have actually thought no the i'm too. on a no the basis mm-hmm. with the podcast personally. <laughs> you know it that well i do But yeah, I mean, we have some considerable overlap in what we do with the majority of our time. Mm -hmm. You know, we watch shows that are off the air and have been for some time and talk about them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's nice to be back in the 90s. Yeah. (laughs) A simpler time. Yeah. With much worse fashion. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Some could argue. The 90s are kind of coming back. That's true. Fashion wise. That's true. Which is a bummer for those of us who had the clothes, got rid of the clothes, and now mm. are like, ah, if mm-hmm. only. That's the nature of cyclical fashion. Yeah. yeah. You always <laughs> discard everything too soon. My velvet choker. Oh, I can't believe I lost it. <laughs> Don't worry. I recently purchased a, a selection of 30 chokers. So before you leave, if you'd like one, it was like cheaper to buy a 30 pack on yeah. Amazon than yeah. just one. For wow. Halloween, Jenny and I were um, Joyce and Giles, but from Band Candy. And so I needed chokers because Joyce goes real hard on chokers in that episode, of course. And wow. now I have chokers for any season. I actually wanted to come today dressed as Giles, but I don't have um, vest or sweater vest. 
I was if trying. You would I was come dressed as Giles. We wouldn't even be making the podcast. We would be dead. We would be ghosts right now. I, I was looking. I was like, "What? Where, where can I get suspenders in time?" I just <laughs> uh, and, and then it didn't. The nature of our lives now is it always. I feel like we're always scrambling to do exactly that. I'm yeah. like, where can I find like fill in '90s co- costume item mm-hmm. or fangs or you know? Anyhow, instead, I'm dressed as Ozzy. You just can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> we dress so similarly anyway. So tell us before we like jump into this episode, which is full of drama. There's a lot happening in this episode. But like talk to us about your relationship to Buffy. I'm a late comer to Buffy. Same. Um I think I, I first got into Joss Whedon's stuff really late, actually. I think it was Doctor Horrible was the first thing that really brought me in. Mm-hmm. And um and I also have uh my best friend from growing up was a huge Firefly um, fan. And he tried to get me to watch Firefly. And I didn't quite get it the first time he showed it to me. I think I was just starting to watch Battlestar Galactica. And Mm. I was really excited about it. And he was like, oh, if you like that show, watch this show. And uh, and he played it for me. And I was like, these are not the same. (laughs) Um, I think the one thing was with Buffy, I had watched a couple of episodes from the first season. And I thought, this is too silly. Yeah. This yeah. is not for me. Yes. Um, and then another friend of mine from here in LA, uh, actually, I think several people you know, told me that it's actually really great and I should watch it. And the, But the thing that I, I finally leveled with my friend, I was like, I know you love Buffy. I don't know. I just, I, I feel like I should like it, but I've tried watching it and it's, it's really hard. I just, I don't like the first few episodes that I've tried watching. And he, and he said, oh, no, no, no. Season one's not as good. Yeah. He's like, you just have to, you know, get through it and then it gets really good. And I was like, really? He's like, trust me. And so I trusted him. And then season two, I, I liked so much better. And then season three, I was like, oh, this is great. And then it went on from there. I basically liked the show more and more and more the more I watched it Yeah. Um, as we got further along. So I've seen it all the way through now. I think I might have skipped a couple of episodes in season one based on whether or not they were um, sort of overall mm-hmm. part of the mythology or yeah, if they were yeah. like monster of the week style totally i would read the i would i don't normally read the synopsis beforehand <laughs> but i would i would look and be like okay this one's not yeah this wasn't isn't part of the overall story well, when you do your rewatch because i know now we've gotten you yeah interested in doing a rewatch you should watch i mean do whatever you want live your life but i d- sort of did what you did but with no season one i just i couldn't watch season one jenny was like you cannot marry me if you don't watch the show <laughs> and so we started with season two and then when we did the start of the podcast i re like i watched season one for the first time and i loved it oh because i mean you know it's definitely all the things you said it is right. but i think because i knew the characters i was so attached to what was happening oh. whereas when i first watched season one i was right. i didn't know anybody and i was like this is kind of silly and yeah they hadn't they hadn't got you yet yeah yeah so i i know the least especially you know i know just sort of the big bad episodes from from season from one season. really mm-hmm. yeah just mm-hmm. enough to I, I was basically trying to pre-game my season two watching right. yes. <laughs> considering that my real beginning right got to learn about angel and his soul yeah you need the foundational sure, sure. The master the master and his fruit punch mouth yeah yeah mm, key point yes. um so we i have a quite one more question before we go into the specifics of the episode because you brought up firefly so mm. you didn't you didn't like it uh i i 
do like it now. You do like it now. Aha! Because yes. that's my uh, stumbling you block. You just have to watch it. I know. And, and our listeners, like now that they know that I have not been able to watch it, of course, are like, yes. you must watch it. Yes. I, think I, I don't know if this is a controversial opinion, but I actually really like Serenity, the movie, more than I liked the TV show Firefly. We just uh, heard that opinion from friend of the show, Joanna Robinson, the other oh. day. Hopefully I'm not outing oh, her. Vanity Fair writer, <laughs> Joanna Robinson. That's right. <laughs> Uh, she has the same opinion. She does have the same opinion. You have a differing opinion. I like them both. Mm-hmm. The film is compact in a certain way, mm-hmm. and uh, some things happen in it that I do not care for. The movie is great. The show is great. I feel like the show, you know, where he, I think, excels in character development like over a long span of time, I, I think that uh, each character is so deep and rich with maybe the exception of Simon Tam. It's like medium. He doesn't really get a chance, I feel like, to blossom. But with, this is not a Firefly podcast, and I do apologize <laughs> for going on and on. Uh, but I think the show is great, and I think the movie is great. Thank you for asking <laughs> if anybody actually asked. Um, cool. You know what movie none of us have seen is La Banquette de Emilia. Mm. How do you pronounce that? This is the movie. This is. Yes. yes. I know no one has seen it because it's not a real movie. (laughs) I was trying really hard to figure out for a second before I finally gave in and looked it up. (laughs) I was like, what? I was like, which movie could it be? All I could think of was uh, (laughs) Les Cousins Dangereux from (laughs) Arrested Development. (laughs) One that uh, George Michael and maybe go to see and it's too too artsy. (laughs) Right. Which is a similar, they're doing a similar thing. No, I was was thinking maybe, I was like, could it be... I was like, the cook, the thief, his mm. wife and her lover. And, and I was like, no, that's too, it would have been too early. I was like, like water, I mean, uh, chocolat. Yeah. You know? Right. And I was like, that that's not steamy <laughs> enough. Angel. I like that Angel was like, I wanted to take you uh, out someplace fun. So I picked a French movie. He, but he literally, so this is, we we get into it with Angel here because he is very dramatic and he's always like reading French versions of books by the fireplace. And so this is just <laughs> really, like I love because he didn't know what the movie was about. So he, he legit was like, there's a French movie. Probably it'll be great. I'll take Buffy to see that movie. Uh, so they go to see this movie. And of course, it's like su- apparently super sexy. Mm-hmm. Which is horrible for these two. Right. Also, like, Hector Projector, Buffy's like, sorry (laughs) that you got all worked up. It's bad for you to get worked up. (laughs) Buffy has no feelings. Well, she doesn't have the same penchant for puffy, flowy shirts that Angel obviously has. I think that was the real draw for him. Was he was like, where can I get the most like flowy blouse work mm, in a cinema? <laughs> yeah. right. Angel was like, how can I feel more seen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, go to this movie. And Buffy saw the the costumes and she thought, oh no, this, he's gonna get really worked up yeah. about this. <laughs> <laughs> I um I don't mean to uh, read you uh, an erotic novel that I've written. So I write what I call on the podcast erotic novels. They're actually just lines from the show that I say in a row because I feel that they are. But I've written one. Um, please. Meaning, please. of course, I've just written down the lines from them. Okay, yes, so yes. Um, my erotic novel for this episode is Check Out the Lust Bunnies. Don't worry, big guy. I'm just keeping her warm for you. There it is. So there, you know, 
It is. I, you know, you being here, I thought maybe I shouldn't subject uh, Rishi to an erotic novel reading. We've only just met, but... But I brought up the flowy blouse. You did. <laughs> you started it. <laughs> so, like, how about this demon who's looking to sell some books? I have a real soft spot for a nice demon. Nice might be a stretch, yeah. but a, I mean, not actively violent. Yeah. There seems to be two kinds of demons in the Sunnydale universe. There's like pure evil demons. Mm-hmm. And then there's like demons who are like kind of trying to wheel and deal and like have like kind of a mob vibe right. to them. And then there's Angel. Oh, but then there's Angel, Who, does, who falls into his own class of, of yes. demon I think but yeah like this like I don't know I feel like there's a lot of demons like this in the Buffy universe that are s- sort of silly you know just trying to get right. by and they're just like, like a buck right right this this demon wants to get cash for the book so he can buy a plane ticket which begs the question what what demon abilities do you have yeah yeah what de- <laughs> yes <laughs> I wasn't even gonna go for that question but right <laughs> yeah what are your abilities but also what plane are you gonna take yeah. like it, maybe there's like a whole like there's Willie's bar. Oh, maybe there's like there's a whole a demon secret. airline. Airline, maybe. <gasps> I mean, we did just find out that there's for sure UFOs, so it's believable. I do like the idea of this guy just having a regular life through e-commerce and <laughs> just like shopping and just having to. He's got to apply a trade, yeah, in sure. order to to make his nut. And, yeah, and even know. like even the watchers, the watchers. How dare I? Yes, Even how dare you? Wesley and Giles mm-hmm. are like, this doesn't make any sense. Steven's asking for <laughs> <Right>. cash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's just who he is. Just mm-hmm. need some money. So, right. So we learned about the Books of Ascension from this guy. We had a name. You, we didn't hear his name, the oh, demon. I think Skylar. But Jenny looked it up. Horned Demon Skylar Horned... is how he's listed on Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, but I don't I don't want to leave this scene before we also talk about how the moment so Faith has seen Angel and Buffy making out and then as you know, written her erotic novel, which I've read for everybody. And then we get to the graveyard and she immediately is like, um, you know, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you could possibly handle being with that guy and not being able to any opportunity any. to talk to Buffy about doing it and bring up doing it mm-hmm. again one more time just so they have some stuff to talk about. Buffy's yeah. not biting. She's, she's like, she's if you need it. to Those days off. are in the past. Right. If you need to let off any steam, Buffy, I'm here. Right. This is what she means. We know this. So we go to the mayor's office. What are your feelings on the mayor? I, I think the mayor is such a... He's the my favorite part of satire in the whole Buffy universe. Yeah. I mean, he's the most... It's so good. It's so subtle. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's subtle. It's I, I, it feels light-handed. There's a there's a part where I think right in this scene he says uh he makes a comment to Faith about putting her hair up. Yes. Yes. He's like, "Why don't you put your hair up? You, you have such an it's, it's something like that, you know, I just wish I could see your face." And it is the most uh subtle and pernicious kind of uh, abuse of authority. <laughs> you know, I, I love yes. the way that they they take his sort of sweet paternalistic side and and show how that can be just like a mask for evil. And then there are these little things that he says, and I love that part. That's actually maybe my favorite evil thing in the whole episode. Yeah. Is is that line where he says, why don't you put, put your hair back? Just because it's such... It's so, right, right like what your parents would say to yeah. you. Or, or, you know, I mean, I was thinking of them as employer and employee, it's like the perfect, mm-hmm. like creepy boss kind of thing to say that doesn't re- it, like you hear it, and and it's not until you leave the room that you realize 
maybe, you know, how creepy that was right. and how inappropriate. Totally. And Faith definitely doesn't have the tools to recognize that. Like, I don't think that Faith has the tools to, to realize that it's creepy or whatever. She's like, what she's This is like used... the first time she's gotten like positive attention for an right. extended period of that time isn't, in her life. That is like explicitly not sexual attention. That is right. just right. like, no, I want to take care of you and I want to make sure you're okay. And, I, and, you know, obviously we hear like a ton from Faith in this episode about how she didn't get any of that. Um, as a child, Jenny has read a book called Go Ask Malice, which is an unauthorized prequel to Faith's life that she likes to call on all the time. I'm sorry. But we now have, without Go Ask Malice, we officially right. have some information on Faith's backstory yes, from this yes, episode. Yes, yes, So right. there's that. Um, yeah, but yeah, she has no, she's, she's never had a positive parental figure. Yes. And that's r- really what the mayor seems to be positioning himself as, sort of ha- half boss, half half stepdad or foster dad or something. Yeah. But he like slipped. So because I was watching this episode, we just watched it again. And and I was watching it thinking that like he really, you know, the last time we saw him, he was talking about how he was a family man and on and on and on. And it's so different than what Faith is used to. But then not to skip ahead, but I'm going to. But there's this part in this episode where he has told Faith to go and have sex with Angel to take Angel's soul. And I just feel like it really took all the air out of this thing. But, you know, it was like the mayor was set up to be this one thing. And then but that's like, that's all the creepiness. Mm. You know? It's not great. I kind of wonder if the writers intended for the, you know, wear your hair back. You have such a pretty face to be uh, as dark as we're like perceiving it to be. Because it could just be... Or or did I misunderstand? I don't know. I just think it's dark because of what lies underneath it. Like, I think that it's meant to just be like he's paternalistic. Like, paternal. Yeah. Total... But it's like we all know that he's also e- super evil. You know what might be the most evil thing that we see from the mayor in this I episode? <laughs> A pitcher of milk just out on the counter in the middle of the day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no! even if it was refrigerated, I would have an issue It would be with a it. bummer, but it's just... <laughs> out it's not in like an ice bucket or anything no. there's not a fridge in sight it's to be frank room temp milk <laughs> no do you have milk feelings this is it could be very divisive we've had we have people in our lives who, who just love, drink who love a milk. bunch of milk on purpose and i have doubts and if it's if you're that person that's okay yeah i am milk ambivalent <laughs> just ambivalent. ambivalent. So you're not horrified by the mayor's milk pitcher. I didn't notice it. Uh, wow. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Didn't register. What a life you must lead. Just like <laughs> moving through the world not noticing milk out on the counter. <laughs> um, also, I noticed that Faith, I think, has a new leather jacket. I just want to say that. Uh, I think the mayor, the mayor has gotten it. her. Yeah, I think the mayor has gotten her to some new digs and also right. a new leather jacket. I think that the mayor, his closest real life analog is Ted Cruz. Ooh. It's like I almost, like I, I have so many feelings about it, you know? Yeah. Because I see it. But also I love the mayor. You know, like I, I mean, like I have a real soft spot for the mayor, which I don't really have. Like I, I see. Yeah. But I'm not willing, you know? <laughs> we, we did a um, we did a live taping of what episode was it? Uh the one with the glove of Minigon and and oh, Revelations. Revelations. And I was just trying to draw comparisons between like a character who is evil on on the show and Hermione Granger 
But I meant it like if Hermione was evil and everyone lost their mind, like they would not, they could not take what they love. You cannot and... just gently compare no, so Hermione Granger. I'm, I'm now feeling some of that. Where I'm like, no, I see it, but I cannot allow it because I have, but yeah. 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 I see you know, campaign, campaign on his moral righteousness while also being evil. Yes. Right. Yeah, and he's the only That's... one who who's ever done that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of who else who else would work, but really I couldn't think of anybody better than Ted Cruz. But I'm o- I'm open to the no, idea that I there think... might be somebody who's more like the mayor than Ted Cruz, but that's who I, who I could come up with. No, I think that's a good call because Ted Cruz is definitely, I mean, I don't know everybody, but I feel like out of the humans that I do know, fortunately or unfortunately, that he has the most, like that quality the most. Yeah, he has the, really... the grin. Yes. Like he, he's bought mm-hmm. in. Yeah. He's bought into what he's selling. Yes, that's what it is because that's exactly, like the mayor, even the mayor knows what he's doing, but he also 100% believes that right. he is a family man and yeah. a good moral Loves to keep that hand sanitizer around, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so we go to the library. Whatever happened to the still beating heart of a virgin, <laughs> says Giles. The question I'm always asking. <laughs> when he finds out that this demon wants cash, which I love. I just, also Giles has been like eating a lot in the library lately. Last episode we saw him with a lollipop. Today he's got he a banana. throwing the rules to the wayside yeah. now that Popping those suspenders down. Yeah. He's like casual Friday Giles all the day long. Yeah. Every day of the week he's casual Friday Giles. Um, and he's off get- the council. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. I mean, what rule? What rules really matter? Yeah, mm. in he's enjoying case. it. He's yeah. enjoying his freedom, and I think he's also enjoying being next to Wesley because, like, he, he... always looks good no matter what. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. He's so much cooler standing next right. to Wesley. He used to always get in trouble for being not in trouble, but he always used to get labeled as the uptight one, and now he's like Look cool, at him now. casual Giles, just eating a banana, mm-hmm. hanging out. <laughs> uh, Cordelia enters here. We've been having all manner of conversation about Cordelia and Wesley lately. The fact that everybody wasn't just saying to Wesley, the fact that he even could begin to entertain Cordelia's advances. I was like, what are you doing? Right? It's so much. And it's like a, yes, Jenny, Jenny's I hands did a, are up. I did a little digging on the Buffy Wikia today, trying to determine the actual age of the character of Wesley Wyndham Price. Oh, interesting. No results. Uh-huh. Zero results if you know something. But it doesn't even matter. Tell us. But I know. Well, okay. No, of, it doesn't matter. He has graduated from high school. At least that much we know. <laughs> right. He's graduated from high school. And he's in school. a position of authority. Even though that position of authority has right. nothing to do with That's true. the school structure. I'm not coming out in favor of it. <laughs> he has a position of authority in terms of Scooby Land. Yeah, and right, she's, right. And she's in Scooby. She Land. is in Scooby. I mean, yeah. she's only got one foot in right now, but she's definitely considered one of the Scoobies. Right. And it's just, yeah, it's not. It's no. The fact that this is like this would never would this happen today? This wouldn't happen today on television. On television? Oh no, no, I don't. Well, like today, right now, I don't think it would happen. But maybe like mm, five, five years months ago? ago. No, I think like five months ago. Just a few months ago. I yeah, I I think people were still being pretty casual. I mean, maybe not this casual, but. I, I mean, I don't know. this is the I... same time, uh, the same time period that we were all like, yeah, Pacey, a teacher. Right. Mm. Right. So, <laughs> like, just a different era of, like... Yeah. I would have never... Honest, honestly, Jenny, I watched this 
what, four, five years ago, six years ago, not even. And I don't. Without like thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't think I thought about it at all when I watched it the first time. I was just like, cool. <laughs> like I didn't, I really didn't. It wasn't oh, part of my consciousness even then. Not even like this guy sucks. Oh, Wesley? Yeah. No, I mean, I don't remember my initial feelings on Wesley. It's complicated because I have like, now I know Wesley's. Some other things. Yeah. So I, I you know, but. Yeah, I guess at this point, I just, I think he's really fun. I think I thought he was funny. Like, he's a funny character. Right. I don't think yes. I found him, like, I don't think I found him super annoying, but I just, yeah, I just found him humorous. When I was growing up, the age difference between a guy and a girl was something that was just always discussed mm -hmm. all the time among mm -hmm. among guys who I knew. And, you know, the, the rules about even can you be a senior in high school and date a freshman, right. things like that. I, uh there was a girl in our high school who was dating a guy who was just inconceivably old to me. He was like 26. And I, I was like, how would that be? So I feel like um, it's been on my mind for a long time. So when, when I saw Buffy the first time, I have had the same. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. So right. I had the same, same feelings about yeah. it then. I remember being in high school and having friends who were dating people who were like 25, yeah. 26 and being like, hmm. Not a big thing? I mean, not, not that it wasn't a big it, it was something, but it didn't feel wrong. Right. You know, okay. because I was also at that point, like I was in the other position. I was the younger person. So yeah. I was right, just like, right. wow, that's cool. Like From this side I, I of know. things. And I always felt as a high school student, like I was more mature than the people I was in school with and, you know, was friends often with people who were a couple years older than me anyway. So I think I I always... wonder if like the fact that Wesley acts like a child right. and Cordelia is generally in command of the majority of situations she's in, like, has also anything to do with their the situation. perception of. It's just it's it's messed up. It's but, yeah, no thank but you. But it is a product. Of, pass. It's a product of a different time when so many of us were completely unaware of these things, um, which is unfortunate. But I do think it's changing very rapidly. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. So this demon lives like in an efficiency apartment? In a well, he... C minus part of town. <laughs> Not C a bad enough part of town for, for Giles. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, nor a good enough part. Right. I just thought he was in Faith's motel room. Right. He's probably in the same district right? as Faith's motel room. Yeah. Oh, uh, this this is why when we first started talking about what's the demon's name? I'm never Skyler. Skyler. The demon Skyler. When we yeah, when we were first talking about Skyler, I was sad and I like categorized him as a nice demon, and I think it was because of this scene because because he gets killed because messily he and. It's not fair. It's horrible. It's just like 
You know, like he was just, he's just this like simple guy trying to do his thing. And and then he gets so horribly killed by Faith. It's just a really rough scene. To it watch. is a rough scene. Right. Yeah. And it's deliberately, right? Because like yeah. we need to see where Faith is at in her sort of downward spiral. Yeah. So yeah, I just feel like this is a really heavy Faith episode, obviously. But I feel like there are little things that she shows us in the episode that are really just like broke my heart. There's, I'm skipping a little ahead, but when we go back to the motel and um, Buffy and Faith are there, she does this thing with her hands when she like walks into oh, the room yeah. where she like, she it's sort of like when you're, when you know you have to do something horrible and you like shake, you have to like shake it off before you do it. She kind of like has her arms like straight down, but her like fingers are like kind of open and like yeah. stretched out. And you see her like shaking it off. I don't know. It just, it, I I feel very attached to Faith in this viewing, much more attached to Faith than I have ever, than I felt in the first viewing. I, I really, it took me a long time to come around to Faith. Yeah. Uh, but then I did and now here I am. Uh, but so watching her in this episode, it was just like, it's really painful. It's really painful. It's like even when she gets like bust, like even when she finds out that everybody's lying to her. And you're like, you want, I mean, I think the the majority of the audience is like, ha ha, you know, that's what you get for being horrible. I just feel like, no, oh no. Like, again, she feels betrayed. She's doing this horrible thing, but I still feel, I don't know, I just really feel for her. It just feels like she's getting pushed farther and farther away from uh, a point of possible return. You yeah, know? right, right. Do you think there was ever any saving of Faith? You know, she comes to town and she's, she seems certainly like she's not lost, you know, like she seems like she's trouble and she's troubled, but it feels like with the Scoobies and with Wesley, you know, that she's going to be, she's a good guy and she's going to be a good guy. Maybe one like who's a little more of an anti-hero and mm-hmm. she gets to do a lot of the stuff that Buffy doesn't get to do, mm-hmm. but she turns bad so fast that I wonder if even at the beginning of her arc, she was already beyond redemption right right uh, yeah it's hard to tell because we felt that way too as she like once it this starts corner. i feel like if this was something that had happened over two seasons like i think they might have been more successful in making it more but i think it's like not super believable how quick how she goes bad that's what right? i was feeling i was yeah. like oh gosh we're only we're only at episode what 17 17. yeah yeah and and really like she only started turning as much as she started turning like two three episodes ago is when she killed um, alan and it's such a you know i mean we buy into it because of course that's what we need to do but i i just yeah i don't know also did you just say that faith was trouble and troubled yeah wow that was great (laughs) (laughs) truly great (laughs) I feel like I could see Faith wearing that t-shirt. Trouble. Trouble and and trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Almost. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's a little on the nose. Too self-aware. I think maybe. There's a level of self-awareness that she definitely has. Yeah. And then there's some real blind spots um, in her own character that that she's missing. Yeah. She definitely shows, I think, more self-awareness in this episode than we've seen, where she's like really playing... It's like she suddenly is using the way of the rest of people perceive her as her tools yes. to to do this trick, which is probably why my heart breaks so much because she knows that they look at her this way and they do. Right. She's not even wrong, you know. I think it's with the mayor that I, that I feel like she has the least self-awareness. Yeah. yeah. The, mm. the fact that she can be so easily manipulated there, whereas in the other 
instances she can do the manipulating yeah more easily yeah and i think he just i mean i don't know that he even knew this the mayor going into it but i think it's because of his tactics that she's so fooled that she you know and because like we talk about all the time that no one gave faith anything like they had her living in a motel no one offered her a place to live right you know know, that and so now that she's being showered with all these gifts and new leather jackets and all these things Mm -hmm. she slips and she slips fast uh so we go to Angel's mansion and he, I think what I'd like, okay, listeners here, this is a long-term project for you. Cause what I would like is just a collection of all of the pan to angel shots where he's doing something dramatic, <laughs> just <laughs> in a row. Especially reading a book by the fire. And that is what he's doing. He's reading a leather bound book. This episode is like chock full of angel immolation watch moments. Yes. yes. He is hanging out in front of the fireplace <laughs> two or three times. And then later, he's just sitting in the middle of a bunch of lit candles. Right. <laughs> Why? Why? Because With no regard for his own safety. You know, he puts his lighting choices above his safety choices. Right, right. That's what okay. I think. <laughs> Have you already discussed Angel's establishing shot? No, I don't think so. We have. I not. mean, in in real life, the, the right. establishing Where shot. Where Angel lives in real life. Yes, <laughs> his his establishing shot. You know, when I dream of Angel's place, and I <laughs> first come up with the establishing shot. Yes. Then, <laughs> um, that is a Frank Lloyd Wright house in Los Feliz, I think. Yeah, it's here. The, we we've had people tell us that it's so close. close yeah, it's very close. As a matter of fact, we did an episode um, in Santa Barbara where people were saying Santa Barbara is Sunnydale and people argued back, well, then how do you explain Angel's Mansion being? (laughs) (laughs) How did did he live in that Frank Lloyd Wright house? Right. Yeah. (laughs) He really has has taste, that Angel. Yeah. High, high taste. Mm -hmm. (laughs) His candle bill, though, so high. Yeah. Like, people really argue on Angel's behalf. Like, well, he uses all that fire because, like, that was his. He was used to using fire as his main source of lighting. Like, I don't know. I don't buy it. It's it's all for drama. It's all for his sense of drama. Do you think any of his candles are like scented? Oh, all of them. <laughs> Different or all the same? It's like scent. a collage. One hundred percent French vanilla. <laughs> That's what I thought in my mind when you when you said scented. I was like, definitely vanilla. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also something about it being French vanilla is extra. Of course, French vanilla. Right, right. Not not any other version, but French. Oh, wow. He's cultured. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only French fries, French kisses, and French vanilla candles wow. for Angel. He must have a, like a candle of the month subscription. Oh my God. You know, yes. like a candle box. Oh, candle box was a band. But I was, was trying to think but like. What a great, but it's a great <laughs> new for appropriation a, of that oh, name for a company that will yes. probably be advertising direct to consumers via podcasts or, anytime soon. Or the band, this is their new merch outlet. Yes, yes. Candle box brand, candle box. Yeah. And all of the scents are <laughs> derived from their lyrics and our song title. I don't mm. think that would be a good. I don't know anything about. <laughs> Mm. no mm. Do, do you know something off the top of your head the song yeah. that i remember the clearest like mo like 90 percent of the lyrics of the song are for you you for, know just the it's words like, for you i died for you and i cried for you and i ran him uh, so far I sounds like, uh, totally like angel <laughs> that's the angel special <laughs> okay so they would have a very specific market brooding vampires yeah also okay. i'm sorry but i died for you and i cried for you are both viable candle scent options <laughs> i i totally they might totally. exist already i i'm leaving out the fact that they're sort of like scream singing 
So it's not as as an, maybe it's I guess maybe it's, it's sort exactly of like proto emo. Yeah, it's he's pretty emo. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, something that I like in this scene is last episode. No, I guess it was I don't know. It was whenever Angel was talking to Faith last. Angel was like. Our, our listeners dubbed it vamp-splaining, but like, you know, mansplaining murder to Faith. Like, he was just like, you know, when you murder once, then you... Right, you get the taste for it yeah. or something like that. Also, is it mansplaining if you're, like, projecting your own soulless shit onto... <laughs> like, no, it's it's Young vamp. woman. It's vamp-splaining. Okay. <laughs> but what I like in this scene, because we talked about it a little bit, but then we got more into it on social media, is that Faith is using it against Angel in this scene. Like, oh yeah. You know, she comes in and she's like, everything you said is true. It's all coming true. Just like I'm you a cold-blooded, straight up killer. <laughs> but or, who would ever say those words in that order? Right. But and Angel, do we know the chronology on like when Angel like Angel is buying it in this? Like he's not not buying it, right? The only the only way that this gets undone is because Giles has introduced the demon to his wife. Right, right, right. But so, that's not until after this scene where the sorcerer is. Oh, right. so you're saying right. here he is actually buying it. He's, the reverse, reverse psychology yes. hasn't begun yet. Right. Right. Oh. Or at least, I mean, I guess we don't know. We, we never, I think we can assume. Yeah. It no, seems... that's a good point. I forgot. I'm In my memory, when I got to the end of the episode, I was like, oh, he had her fooled the whole time. But right. no, she had... She did have him for a little bit. For a little bit. I think so. Okay. And yeah. I think it's because of the vamp splining. I think he was like, I knew it. I told you once you get a taste from murder, you know? Also, it's Angel's favorite new thing whenever <laughs> anyone shows up with literal blood on their literal hands. Yeah. He's so into because it. Because he is what, Jenny? Detective Angel. Yes, Detective Detective Angel. Angel is on the case. We're going to try to play. I feel like we're just going to try to worm that into every episode for as long now as that it exists. We mm-hmm. uh, so Buffy sees this like kiss between Faith and it's Angel. It's like a kiss on the cheek. But it's in but it is intimate. I mean, you know, especially Buffy knowing Angel and Faith's relationship up to this point like Totally, totally, uh, totally. Seeing that I I would also have been jarred. Um and then I know that like in high school when my re-insold vampire boyfriend uh, <laughs> started spending time with uh, my uh, similarly powered uh, be saddled with sacred duty doppelganger <laughs> friend uh, who was more of a bad girl and like had killed a man. Yeah. I was like always jealous right. of their like dark connection. Exactly. It's this relatable. Is, this is really the episode where the two of them become best frenemies. Mm-hmm. <gasps> right? I mean, before there's some discomfort in here but this is yeah this is yeah it. this is where it all which really is why goes. the episode is called best frenemies <laughs> little little known fact in parentheses best for <laughs> yes, enemies <laughs> well now that's now that's what it's called forever <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh-huh. but yeah this is where it's really cemented uh in in like a whole in a whole array of ways so Wow. We go back to the mayor. Oh, this is this is where my sad face comes because this is where it's like, oh, the mayor sent her there to sleep with Angel and Which I'm bummed like, about it. Ugh. And I know we just played a Detective Angel jingle, but um, you know, we have a jingle that's really appropriate for what the mayor has done here to Faith. So will you just play that now, Jenny? The Yeah, this is the part. I, I 
think that you hit on earlier where um he's established himself as this guy who does not see her sexually and and there's this validation for faith that goes along with that yeah but then he kind of he still wants her to use her sexuality as a weapon as a tool in this his evil quest and right. and so it's not like he doesn't see it he's just more saying oh well not for me or i'm not interested and, right yeah. which undoes like it sort of undoes it for me and i like i know that the mayor is evil but there's a part of me that's like bummed out about that like i kind of want the mayor's entire story to be that he really believes like he really is that family man right. but he also is evil you right. know but this kind of undoes that, which is a bummer. Uh, he also knows that there is, in fact, more than one way to skin a cat. He's done the research. He's done, yeah. Does anybody know about where the saying comes from? There, like, there's more than one way to skin a cat. Let's, gee, not find out. Because it's, I mean, it's, <laughs> right? It's got to come from somewhere. I, Sam might be able to hear us right oh now. Oh, my God. I, Sam, cool cover it. your ears. You're right. Let's change the topic quick. Um, so then we see Giles blowing his nose for the first time ever. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I he wrote really, that down. There's like full sound effects of like nose blowing. And then he like pauses. <laughs> there's like a record scratch in the middle of his nose blow. Um, and then like Buffy makes this waiting for Godot reference. Yeah. Which I didn't see coming. Yeah. Yeah, right? it's good. We had, um, I don't know if you know Andrew T at all, but we had, uh, Andrew T is a, has a podcast called Yo, Is This Racist? And he. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. So he was on an episode with us. And in that episode, he he brought up, like, we knew that there was a writer's room. <laughs> and we knew that the people writing the lines were not in high school. But for some reason, like, the way that he brought it into that discussion, now I think about it all the time. Oh, yeah. When lines like this are said, where I'm like, oh, right. Like, this is written by somebody who was not in high school. And I love it. Like, I do like it. But also, I like this works Bobby a lot better <laughs> than Cordelia making, like, a super deep cut Mark's brothers yes. reference yes. in the Zeppo. <laughs> um, can I respond to your comment before? Please. Now there's that's been too too long. It's not going to work. No, it'll it's going to work beautifully. <laughs> um, can you just set me up again? Uh, you said you didn't see it coming. I didn't see it coming. That's because you didn't wait long enough. Oh my god. <laughs> My mistake. That was really not worth it. I apologize. <laughs> no, I think it was. I really. <laughs> uh, so Xander has bribed Willie um, with $28. That... And there's no petty cash from, <laughs> no right? petty cash. from no. the council. Also, I'm kind of surprised that Xander has $28 like banging around in his pocket. I yeah, know. I know. Xander is just really like. And he's down to use it for every. Right. He's just like that woman in the Bible with the two pennies. What? No, who? I mean, I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of the Bible very well, but hmm, go maybe on, Jenny. Please tell us the story from the Bible. <laughs> no. Tell us how you remember it. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it might be the Bible, or it might be like something from like a sermon that has been printed on like photos of like a seashore and hung in like mom. Okay, so there's a sewing lady room, with two pennies, <laughs> and and so she like, knew that when there was like, only one penny, somebody's. It's about like tithing, and of course, and oh, wait, well, I do know this story. Yes, what? The, there's a lady. She has two pennies, and then she uses both pennies to bribe Willie <laughs> to get information. <laughs> About where the wow. demon with the hat lives. Wow, of I've course. read that wow. postcard. How yes. we? How would I have not thought <laughs> so right? 
<laughs> Somebody's bummed out on tithing and they're like, well, I have to give like 10% or 20% or whatever of my earnings to the church. And then somebody in the story, is it Jesus? Is it a nameless character in the story of a pastor that I may have just actually fabricated in my mind? Says, um, well, this one woman gave two pennies. And the guy's like, what's two pennies? And the guy's like, all she had. <laughs> I don't know why it feels like a joke now, but no, it's Jay, supposed to be very like serious. That was crying voice. That was like, oh, no, no I was I'm just trying not to laugh. They're very, very close. I'm sorry that I took us down this really, really oh, I'm pointless thrilled. path. I'm thrilled you took us down the Great. two penny path. <laughs> mm. Two penny lane. Yeah. yeah. Precisely. <laughs> so uh, an important line in this scene before we leave it, in case we're leaving it. Yes, Jenny is no, reaching please, please, across please. the I'm just ocean in solidarity. toward me. Where are we going, girlfriend? Yeah, that's right. Faith says to Buffy in a way that is, I don't know, the way that maybe you speak to somebody when you have a crush on them. It's all But I'm she's saying. back to girlfriend. She's back to girlfriend. Yeah. But Buffy's not into it. Yeah, the t- I was like, what did I write here? And I wrote the touching, but I wrote like lots of ends, so I couldn't understand. The the touching with lots of ends uh, does recall to my mind the way that uh, Faith and Buffy touch each other in this moment. Because so Buffy has seen them kiss, and so she's upset. And Faith, it's just the awkwardness to me doesn't feel like the awkwardness that would be between two just friends who are then in a fight and cold. It feels to me like a relationship where they were very comfortable with each other and suddenly are not. You know? Right. That's all I'm going to say. Sure. Sometimes you can just be comfortable with your friends. Yeah, but there's like people who share the same sacred duty and super strength. Yeah. Okay. Sure, Jenny. But also the other thing, I'm on board. In your version with, um, or your interpretation where the two of them are crushing on each other yes. is it that you know faith knows she's got the hots for for buffy and buffy is still sort of still in the closet about it yeah i think or, or maybe honest, she doesn't i even... think that my real interpretation i mean we we came to the conclusion that they definitely did some stuff in bad girls together but if i'm being real serious about it i i think that my belief is that faith has a huge crush on buffy and may or may not know that she has a huge crush on buffy uh, right, right. And I and I think that there's a lot of room for Buffy to not be 100% aware of that. You know, like I, I, I play with it because it's fun. But I think that I, I think Faith has feelings for Buffy. It's super clear. And actually, somebody sent me recently an email um, of an interview that Eliza Dushku did at a Comic-Con where she was asked this question. And she said that 100%, like, Faith had feelings for, you know. Ooh, could Faith. you forward that to me? I can't. I can forward it to Did you, she Jenny? say that she played? She she performed in her role that way she like she interpreted didn't. it i mean the the quote that i saw was a short one and probably i don't know if there's more or if she just sort of said it and then like the internet exploded and was like yeah Fuck! yeah um so <laughs> i don't know i don't know if she was playing that it just I, I can't imagine how she would not have been playing it right it reads so strongly especially when you go back and you watch bad girls you'll be like there's no 
there's no way that she wasn't playing it. Um, but she has she has talked about it. And something that um, is relevant to this episode is that the script of Enemies, the original script. So when we get to the part where Faith leans over and kisses Buffy's forehead, which we'll talk about. But just so you know, the script had Faith kissing Buffy on the lips. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like I just got to watch like the response that people will have when they are listening. The people who wow, yes. know that, you know, yes. it's fun. That was beautiful. So that didn't, in case you didn't know, right. that is in the script. So it was there. It's there. Um, but to what level it's being played and played with is all a little gray. I wonder if standards and practices you know, it was like, right? oh, that's, we're not ready for that. It's still 1999. Right. Seriously. Right. I, w- I Yeah, because we don't have any information on like why that was changed. But I wonder if we could find it. I wonder if. I bet a lot of people listening already know and they're emailing us right now. I hope so. And if you don't know, I hope you're about to dedicate your life to the quest of finding out why yes. we didn't get this kiss. Yes. Why? Yes. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, I mean, Willow just licked herself. Right? But maybe there's something, I don't know. Willow just licked herself. Great point. Her great <laughs> sentence. <laughs> and she did. You are correct. So yeah, I don't know. We'll have to dig deeper. You know what? I'd like to know the germaphobe mayor who just can't get enough hand sanitizer is not only leaving milk out in the room temperature, Ooh. temperature room. He's also eating mints from a dish of unwrapped Mints. And I've been taught in my life that there is no place where germs grow more than in the a dish diner dish. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. You never, mints. never take the diner. Right. Mints. I always do. I know <laughs> it. I know it, but I like can't resist it. I Unless love- they're the ones that are individually plastic wrapped. Right. That's fine. They're yeah. so good, right. though. What are they even what are they, made they're of? They're definitely made of something that is preserving your insides yeah. actively. You know, Maybe that's why the mayor's eating them. Oh. You know why you, it's not just germs, specifically why you're not supposed to eat them. No, I only know about germs. What? Why? (laughs) Oh, because I tested them and it turns out they have a huge amount of uric acid because people go to the bathroom on their way out. They don't wash their hands. No. And then they grab mints and then, you know, a little bit of pee out of their hands. Is it pee like sterile though? Does that that makes you chill with it? I was trying to justify all my years of eating pee mints. Look, those years are in the past and you're Mm. never having one again. Okay. Unless they're individually wrapped. Right. And then I'm allowed to have one. Then it's fine. Then the pee just gets on the plastic. Okay, great. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, good call though. I didn't pick that up. Mm. And that's like germaphobe 101. There's two things that I am watching like a hawk on this show and they are... (laughs) Uh, inconsistencies in the mayor's germophobia <laughs> and also Angel Immolation Watch, which is about to revisit us again. Yes. Standing before the open flames in his undershirt, a delight for people who enjoy looking at the male form. <laughs> which is Jenny, as we've learned. I love a hunk. Mm-hmm. I just paused the recording for a second because I felt um like, is it okay for me to draw attention to the fact that David Boreanaz looks great in an undershirt? Oh, you were worried that you were objectifying Angel? Yes. Listen, Angel literally is always standing next to a flickering flame unbuttoning his silk shirt. I feel like it's okay that you like to look upon him. I don't know. What do you think? I think he'd say mission accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you for this validation. 
I feel very safe. Um, before we get too deep into flickering flame angel in this scene, I want to make sure that we talk about the fact that Willow and Buffy connect in a way that's really meaningful because uh, like Buffy is sharing with Willow what Faith has done. Willow is super stoked on it because she doesn't like Faith. Yes, yes, yes. And Willow has a line, I too know the love of a taciturn man. Which is <laughs> crushing just, it. Just really so good. good. <laughs> Especially because in Doppelgangland, which was the episode before this, we had a full conversation about how Angel and Oz had a like exchange. And we were like, does that happen often? Because they both were like, hey. Okay. <laughs> monosyllable monosyllable yeah. uh, uh, for what it's worth that line is the one that elicited the biggest laugh from my wife nice. <laughs> I didn't I didn't stop to investigate I just let it go is your wife is your wife a, a person who watches Buffy or was she watching this with no context uh, she you know she watched with me Got we, it. we watched it all together nice yeah it's a good it's a good moment Yes. <laughs> okay, so I friendship hearts and taciturn lines. Now we may go back into Angel's mansion uh, where Faith is about to call Angel a chump mm. and dump a big glop of blood on him. I guess it's Magic the uh, soul, soul magnet juice. Right, right. Yes. Soul magnet juice. <laughs> soul magnet juice, of course. Now available at Whole Foods. <laughs> it's uh, the companion piece to your candle box. Yes. <laughs> So this is like now. This is like watching uh, the Sixth Sense. So I've talked about this on on the podcast already, but the Sixth Sense was ruined for me. Um, my best friend looked me in my eyes and said, uh, "Like everybody's dead, or PC's dead, people, or whatever the spoiler was." Mm -hmm. I knew that he was dead. So much for this podcast being spoiler free. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> No, I'm so angry about it that I'm willing to drag anybody down. With <laughs> wow. I've held that grudge since 1990, whatever it was. Um, why was I saying that? Why was I talking about that? Soul magnitude. Because we know after we've oh, seen the whole episode right. that this is not real. So watching this episode knowing that Angel is pretending the whole time is fun. Because the first time you watch this episode, you're like in. You're like, holy shit, he's lost his soul again. Good God. But it's really fun to watch it knowing what's going on. And it's like, fucking good job, man. He does a great job. Almost too good of a job. One might say. I mean, Buffy would say. Yeah. Too I mean, he's just job. like, it's very believable. He didn't have to punch the under. It was, and he he's still he's still in character. He still got the glower on when he says second best. Yeah. <laughs> he's not like he doesn't give a full. Wah, 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 wah. Gotcha. You know. <laughs> oh. like, well, you've you've yeah. said that you you don't have to have the full I'm evil face. He was just he was yeah. so deep. In yeah. His, yeah. In his role. He was so method. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my god. Why doesn't Willow do magic more often? Um, she's just getting started. She's just, she's just, she's just, yeah. I know, but she, you know, she spent the, sent that pencil right spinning into spinning. the tree. I was like, she can, she could be more effective in a fight. I agree, but I don't know that she knows. Like, I don't know that she feels she has control. Well, enough. it goes into the tree because she loses emotional control. Right, right. So that's true. She's just playing it safe, and I think she's probably not supposed to. Like, because she even talks about in this episode that Giles is like hiding, hiding. The books. Right. Yeah. So even if she could, she probably wouldn't because Willow doesn't break the rules. Right. You know, mm -hmm. she's a rule follower. Succulent rules. Um. And so this is this is also the bit like the part where we don't know it if we're watching it for the first time, but Giles and Buffy are in on this, and the re and everybody else is not. Right. Um, and I guess I mean do they just not trust Wesley. Is that like the main reason? 
Which I think probably with something like this, it's just always like the less people that know, the less people can fuck it up. Right, right. Well, and also Wesley has been kind of fucking shit up since he arrived. True. So, because I think they would have trusted the rest of the Scoobies with it if it wasn't for Wesley's presence. Like if Giles was still the watcher, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. I mean, maybe they don't trust Xander either. You know, Xander gets punched in the face. He's he takes the punch very believably because he doesn't know right. that it's uh right that's right. true and what would he and ask? also Xander has historically he has like a... not been trustworthy when it comes yeah. to stuff involving Angel okay you're and right and just has a bad poker face in yeah. general too I think. I mean, to be fair everyone in this show struggles with poker faces yeah. <laughs> yeah. except true. apparently Angel right second best yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and so this is like Angel's next performance in the mayor's office where he's like just nailing it. Oh, yeah. I just feel like he doesn't miss a fucking beat. He's just like, I want to fucking kill you. And he picks up the letter opener and he's all fucking evil. And the, I love, I don't know if we see the mayor and Angel. Inter- have we seen them interact ever before? No. And it's really so. fun. It's like really fun because they're so, especially him as like playing Angelus, uh, just the mayor being like, you know, I... You young people, I'm like, I'd like to teach you some respect. Yeah, attitude so. versus courtesy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had a I had a gasp while watching this scene because I was I had just been thinking about sort of the metaphor of the mayor as this you know benevolent power structure or you know that he seems benevolent, but and uh, and then and j- just as I was ha- sort of having that thought, Angel throws the knife into his hand and then he pulls it out and he says, "I'm impervious." And I went, oh. <laughs> "It's like he was reading my my metaphor." <laughs> Oh my god, he and saw I was like, you. I was like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that power structure is impervious. Yes. I like positive up thoughts. Yes. So I'd like to change the subject <laughs> to Angel and Faith swinging by Buffy's and uh, this exchange between oh. Angel and Joyce about Joyce's hair. This is. <laughs> this is. Joyce has been really getting some moments in the last few episodes. Yes. I would like to call it Choice Joyce, you know? Wow. (laughs) This is amazing. I was a little disappointed by Joyce being so um, flustered by by the compliment from from Angel. I'm like, that's... You can't... It's too easy? It was too easy? No, just, you know, that's that's your daughter's boyfriend. Right. Mm. But, like, also he's 241 years old and, like... (laughs) This is getting messy. (laughs) Well, no, I just mean, like, I don't think... I don't think that Joyce approves of Angel and Buffy together. You know? Like, I don't... I mean, just objectively, as a mom, you probably don't want your 16, 17-year-old daughter dating someone who's... Right. And I mean, okay, I see what a you're... much, 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 <laughs> much, much, much older man. Yeah. I was like two hundred and forty-one div- well, two hundred and forty-three now divided by seventeen. That's the math I can't do in my head. And that would be amazing if you could. Uh, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. But I just, I, I love it. It's just yeah. so fun, and it's just, it's like also, it. I don't know that this would have happened. Like, I don't know that this would happen every day with Joyce. I think she was just like caught, caught off guard, and like, what's, what's happening? <laughs> I mean, it's also Angel's fault because he's like really bringing the smoky and sultry to it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Right. Let's be real. Like Angel. I don't think he likes like pretending to be Angelus, but I do think he likes having a reason to be extra dramatic. Like I feel, oh, like, yeah. you know, he's like ah, oh, and dramatically flirty. Yeah, dramatically the flirty, best form of dramatic for Angel. Punching Xander in the face. Yeah, it's like uh, he's finally free from only being able to brood. You know, he can right. finally let some of that drama out. 
Um, I did some math on my phone, and mm-hmm. it's 14. He's 14 times older than Buffy. 14 times. And that's not even taking into account times. any of the hell dimension aging that's oh, happened right. across right. seasons, mm-hmm. you know. Sure. We don't really yes. even know how old he is at this point. Oh, Jenny, do you know what you just did? What? You did some, uh... Oh! I know that this episode is not Doppelgangland, but correct. Stop me if you've already talked about this in the this season, but um, but I feel like this whole season is Doppelgangland because um, in this episode you get Angel playing this double role of mm. good Angel and evil Angel, yes. just like just like Willow was yeah. both roles in the in the last episode. But then you know, but then you have Buffy and. Uh, faith as these mirror images they're so similar in all these ways mm-hmm. but but now especially faith is clearly the evil slayer a rogue slayer but they're sort of twin twindom yeah is, i think even more magnified because of their opposites and then you have wesley and giles who are doppelgangers <gasps> oh, what yes yes like yes that's that's the, there's a twin like a lynchian kind of twin yeah and even the season begins with buffy uh living a completely different life oh, yeah. she's like run away from sunnydale That's and she's right. living in yeah. down in la and she gives her identity to Anne. yeah that's how the whole thing starts right. holy shit wow that's... i feel like they could call the whole season three doppelgangland yes wow. and we're currently calling it season faith but we'll we'll allow also doppelgangland, doppelgangland. <laughs> <laughs> wow it's like when you got right. to buffy and faith i was like right and that that's all of them and then there were more. Yes. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. Now where do we go? You know, back to Vamp Mansion. Back to course. Vamp Mansion where this is good. This is like, okay, so did you ever watch 90210? Like the original 90210? I mean, I've seen it. So I didn't watch it. There's this, there's a, an episode <laughs> that sounded like you were like tied to a like really, really <laughs> poor condition armchair in like a warehouse with like <laughs> your eyes like clockwork orange open right. <laughs> with just 90210 playing in front of you. I, for, pretty Basically much that's that. what, like that. that's like what that middle Lost. school culture was doing to me. It's like I had to just know enough to be able to stay conversant at lunch. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it was against my will. Sure, okay. <laughs> well, there's a an episode of 90210 where... Uh, Donna and David are dating because of course I mean I think they are just always dating but it's later on in the series and they've been dating for a really long time and Donna somebody breaks into the house and is like about to sexually assault Donna and it's very it's a very serious episode um, and David is in the house but the guy is like you can't like you know if you do anything I'll kill you or I'll, whatever and so she calls to him but she says Dave and she never calls him Dave. She only calls him David. And right. so he fucking knows that something is up. And it's just like the power of what just a change of a name can do. Right. Which reminded me, or this scene. Wow, oh, with you the know buff. What? Yes, with the buff. I'm calling you Chris. If you ever hear me call you Chris. Right. Like, dial 911. Exactly. And maybe but like, I would. I would be like, something's wrong. Especially because of that episode of 90210. <laughs> I have like, seen that episode, by the way. You have? Yeah. Wow. I mean, because that was a momentous episode. Yeah, it was a big episode um, for them. But yeah, I think I think also it like, <laughs> I'm, I'm a person who like always thinks I'm going to die in many ways. And so I'm always gathering. I'm with you on that. Yeah? yeah. I'm always gathering ways to survive. And so I was like, this is great information. Right. Right, right. I will use it uh, if I'm ever in a situation like this. I'll say Jen, right? Imagine Blah. I called you Jen. Blah. <laughs> and uh, what would everybody do? They wouldn't. 
Right. So anyway, so that's like him saying buff as like a way to establish to, to her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was really good. Um, You know what else is really good? What? Bondage looks good on you, B. Yeah. Another small but uh, powerful erotic novel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's more of an erotic novella by our standards. So now we get Buffy, 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 Faith's like explosion of like mm-hmm. everything that she has not been expressing really the, this is the mark i call i'm calling i call this the marsha 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 moment <laughs> yes <laughs> i mean really totally it's just like you buffy this and buffy that and no one ever cares about me does anybody thank me right oh. and no i mean she's right she's got a point she does have yeah. a point what were you gonna say i just was thinking before we got to this part that uh angel is incredibly effective at Knocking people out with one punch. Yes. Oh, yes. Truly. It's almost as if someone were in like a room writing what should happen. And then it just happens as, as, <laughs> they, as they will. Mm-hmm. No, Angel's a pretty big, pretty big guy. Yeah. Okay, and, he, and he's had a lot of experience punching people. Yeah. So he knows yes. the ex- exact angle. Right, right. The sweet and spot. The s- spot on their jaw to <laughs> yeah. hit them to knock them out. But he, he goes two for two. Yeah. With Xander and Buffy. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And he's got to hit he's got to hit Buffy a lot harder than he does Xander. If he hit Xander the same with the same if we're going to do some some math here. Yes. yes. If he were to hit Xander with the same velocity with which he hit Buffy, he would have broken that guy's face. Yeah. Yeah, Xander would not Not be just alive. bruised. Right. Um but but he couldn't hit Buffy with the same strength that he hit Xander or else she would just brush it off right unless right, right, right. he did hit buffy with the same just so he didn't ah. and she's oh, right. because she doesn't actually she... right the world's third best actor right <laughs> i don't know i don't know i don't know about that <laughs> <laughs> i think she might be down at like number 412 how hey d- she's good at a lot of stuff okay 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 acting isn't one of them just to be clear, we're just talking about Buffy, not Sarah Michelle Oh, my Michelle God. Geller, no, not Sarah who is, Geller. You Maybe. know we're not talking about Sarah Michelle Geller. So Buffy Buffy goes hard on Faith. And I... Well, she's trying to just, like, get everything out of her. But it does feel... It's a little risky. It feels like she's feeling, like she's feeling the hurt while this is happening. And she's going yeah. maybe harder than she intended to. I just feel like if I knew Faith... I feel like I know Faith. And I would not take this risk. Like, it's like she's... And Faith says, like, oh, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to get me to, like, you know, kill you quicker or whatever. And I'm not going to do that. And it's, like, cool. Like, because it's Tuesday. But, like, on Wednesday, Faith might have just been, like, fuck this. And, can't, like, and yeah. Angel's not even close enough to, like, get in between. I don't know. I just felt like it was uh, it was a little too risky from, from my taste. Even knowing that Buffy's hands weren't actually chained? Oh, I forgot. Great point. I forgot that she, she wasn't, wasn't defenseless. Chained. Right, right. Yeah, okay. Significantly that, 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 that helps her. me out. Alarm. Yeah. Then she calls Faith a loser. The number, apparently the number one hot button word for Faith. Just don't call her a loser. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and I mean, she gets what she's after, but I, I just hate it. I mean, I don't know. I just, as, as is always the case, I wish for a better world where this isn't the way that we have to get the information from Faith and we don't have to like break Faith to get to the mayor. It just sucks. I don't like it, but it is effective. And we learn. Yes, Jenny. Oh, please. No, I was just going to say we learn all the things we need to learn about what's going to happen. And we hear graduation day for the first time. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But what were you going to say with your gasping hands? I was going to say, like, I love this uh, Kibbles and Bits reference. I don't know if you remember Kibbles and Bits. I remember Kibbles and Bits. The popular like, pet food from our youth. I don't remember the reference. Oh, uh, she just says, like, all your friends are going to be Kibbles and Bits. Or... Oh. Did she say that? Yeah, yeah upon Ascension Day. Yes, yes, yes. So my question related to this is, everyone, did you ever eat dog food when you were a kid? No. 100%. Never? No. Really? Mm -mm. Did you ever, were you ever in a position where people were asking you to eat dog food? (laughs) No, I didn't have a dog. Neither did I, but I definitely ate dog food. Wow. No. It was like a thing. It was like a thing, I feel like. Not a thing. It wasn't like eating Tide Pods. (laughs) What's, wait. People are eating Tide Pods. What is that? I don't know. I just keep seeing it on the internet. Maybe it'll be over by the time this airs. (laughs) 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 One can hope. Great. I've never eaten kibbles and bits, but I have sampled milk bones and sausages. So oh my only God, you dog know? snacks. No dog like food. <laughs> Do you kibble. have like a list somewhere of which brands you've tried? Just in my head. It's a short list. It's two. It's like really hard to forget. <laughs> I just I would have no idea what kind of dog food I ate. So let's get serious for a second. Serious like two girls two holding knives girls. to each other's throats. But this is like, kill me, you become me. You're not ready for that. And then she kisses her on the forehead, but Slash it's lips. supposed to be lips. And she says, yet. And she leaves. That, so, that little Mexican standoff scene with the two knives, that's an iconic shot, right? I mean, like, that's going to become, right? That that We see that scene in the future, don't we? In promos and things like that. I feel like oh. that... Like to me, or like that previously on, or yeah, things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or maybe, I'm sure. yeah, maybe even in future credits or something like that. I feel like I when that scene, I was like, oh, it's this scene. Yeah, yeah. it's also like highly gift, right? I think so. I think it's a yeah. I, this the it's highly gift and also that right. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I'm just thinking of it from the. It's, but I'm the, no, I'm sure we must see it on dozens of dozens, but a lot of previously ons as well because it is. Even if it isn't, it deserves to be. Yeah, that's yes. such a good. I'm constantly running it on my own personal previous day on <laughs> in my brain. Just that. I just had a thought parallel to this because I was like, wow, what if they like ran away and be, were like rogues? It, was a, it would be a whole different show. Or like I would like a fanfic like situation where like that is the path, whatever. That's not what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is why hasn't anybody thought about the fact the council, there's all these people in Tweed with so much money mm-hmm. and so many resources. Mm-hmm. Buffy drowned for like a minute mm-hmm. and then like there was a second slayer after mm-hmm. there had only been one slayer why aren't they like i don't think that this is cool <laughs> but why aren't they killing these girls for a minute reviving them and just like multiplying the number of slayers and like making a slayer army wow i this is terrible this sounds like animal cruelty no <laughs> it sounds like i mean horrifying but like they clearly have no problem yeah, with what care. they're already doing right. with uh, the lives of young women. Well, so, I like, think I think that what it I think it underlines the fact that uh, white men wearing tweed that live in castles and have a lot of money mm-hmm. don't always fucking think about shit very well. So fascinating. That's my assessment. Take. That's my assessment. Uh, but I'm glad that they are not doing that. No, me, <laughs> Jesus, me too. But I'm also kind of surprised yeah. because they don't seem to value the lives of slayers very much uh to take us out of this dark Sorry. dark corner <laughs> I, they, they do adhere to rules i mean they, they have they have right. rules that they care about even when the rules are 
making things don't harder make, for themselves. Yeah, don't make any sense. Right, right, right. Okay. And so even if it's not a rule born out of value of a slayer's life, it might be something they follow based on their love of rules. Mm. Cool. All I right. believe it. I get into I, that. I not love, but, you know, adher- strict adherence. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, can we give out the sexual tension award? Let's do it. Great. Did you have any thoughts about sexual tension? Any nominees? It can be between the live and the undead. It can be between sentient creatures and, say, uh, a leather-bound book of French poetry. We gave it like, to Angel and his <laughs> leather-bound book. But of it's clues. between two. Uh, well, it's been sometimes actually it's the the winner of all of season two was the thruple of Spike, Drew, and Angel. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I I hadn't thought about it before, but I was. Off the top of my head, mm-hmm. so to speak, I would give it to Skylar because he's clearly so horny. <laughs> wow! 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 That's a good, that's incredible off the top of your head. Because you know? he had the hat and he took it off great. the top of his head. <laughs> so good. And revealed that he had horns. Beautiful. Beautiful. Really, Beautiful. truly. Sorry. Uh, Let's cut out that last part where I explained the joke. <laughs> <laughs> we have all the power. <laughs> okay, yes, yeah, Skylar. And my my vote was, you know, Faith and Buffy. Yeah, of course. Obviously. I mean, that's the real answer. It's because, okay, so we've given it Faith and Buffy. The the deck is really stacked season three with with a lot of Faith and Buffy. But I just feel like because of this script revelation that they they were robbed of a very important kiss. And so I I just wanted to give them the award. (laughs) Of course, I back you and I'm stand in solidarity with you. Uh, in support of two girls in all the world chosen <laughs> the power to fight the forces of darkness and also kiss each other on the mouths occasionally when uh, it is appropriate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, truly. That whole yes. thing, you said that whole thing just to say yes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just supporting you. Incredible. You were like, I just want to say that although I... I just like making lots of pauses for you to edit out. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> as many as possible. Uh, so then we, of course, learn that the reason this was all able to happen is because Giles introduced... Does the other demon the sorcerer. have a name? The sorcerer is yes. his name? Yes, The Giles introduced the sorcerer to his wife, which is just delightful. You it's don't an, like it's, it. It's a delightful reason. Yes. But the plot device of it is so annoying. Right. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But yes, very cute. Just the idea of like Giles like being like, you know who you'd get on with. Have you have you ever met the sorceress? (laughs) Because something about you too. uh, (laughs) She's the lady over there in all black. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, with the glowing orange eyes. (laughs) That's funny because in my mind, Giles was like, Have you ever met Emily? And it was just like (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) Uh, so so faith uh, uh faith goes back to the mayor and i <sighs> and now everyone knows she's bad and now everyone yeah and now everyone's like lost their hope in her and their wonder, suspicions were confirmed and yes Jen. you know when <clears throat> when the sorcerer came to giles and was like the mayor of your town wants me to uh de-insole this vampire who right. I guess I somehow know that you have an association to. Right. Um, 
did he also say, and also Faith is working for the mayor? Because like, it feels like there's not as much of a like, oh, like a shock. Right. Yeah. That's super fair. Yeah, that's true. I guess sometimes I forget, you know, that we know things that they, right. they didn't know. Um, it but it is like- kind of go with what you were saying that, you know, they have sort of maltreated her the entire time. Right. And so maybe they suspected or certainly they didn't. They didn't treat her like a beloved friend right. in a way that when it's revealed, oh, she's working for the mayor, they could tell themselves, oh, she's evil. We yeah. we kind of knew all along. And that's that's why I'm so sad about it, I think. It's because yeah. like, I think we've all had the experience of uh, having an interaction with somebody where you know that they're not – you know that their perception of you is different than who you are, you know? Mm. And – I don't know. It just bums me out because I feel like Faith probably from the get-go has sensed that, you know, that like these people don't, they're not making a sincere effort. And we saw them make a a sincere effort, uh, you know, a couple episodes ago, but it was like, she's been here since episode three. Right. And And she's been living in a motel. Right. A crappy motel in the bad part of town. Um, And, you know, there was like a series of things that happened that were unfortunate. Like what would have happened if Wesley hadn't, uh, like gone behind everyone's back and you know taken faith away and yeah. you know if she had just stayed with Angel who knows but it just it just feels so sad to me because I right I feel like there's I didn't even recognize that there wasn't that much of a shock but that just sort of connects to everything else that I feel about this undoing yeah um, which is just a bummer and it's sad to see her with the mayor at the end that like because she is like she's like genuinely happy. You know, she's like, I fucked up, but this guy still like believes in me. And, you know, he just wants to play miniature golf. And it just I don't know. It just seems all like so sweet and simple to her. But it's not because the mayor's evil. Faith is really this long running argument for nature versus nurture. Mm. You know, she's she is a chosen slayer. And and yet something happened that she's come out. A, a rogue slayer right and uh and then you have buffy who has this you know wholesome support system around her and she's become you know this model slayer um it that it makes it so sad because i even felt bad when i said oh now they all know that she's bad because it's not that she's bad intrinsically necessarily i mean that or at least that's the thing that the show is making you question i think mm-hmm. with this yeah. episode is suddenly uh all these things that you know about her She's turned this way, but could it have just gone a different way if she'd had different nurturing? Right. Or had any nurturing. And and they teased it out for us because when we were talking about Doppelgangland, it's like that was kind of the through line of that episode too, was Willow starting the episode being like, well, Faith is just evil, Buffy. You could never be like that. And then Willow coming face to face with herself in another reality and being like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know that they I, I don't know that they've actually understood it to the point that I want them to. Yeah. But it's definitely being played with. And yeah. And I think, right, that's that's where it gets me is I'm just like Faith. Faith is doing her best. There's a This American Life story um, where there was a I think in Harlem, they're trying to trying to figure out how to um increase the graduation rate of uh, high school students. Mm-hmm. And they start, um, there's one guy who's got this program and he's, he starts by trying to um, do like after school programs with like a pilot group of, of kids in like first grade or something like that. And and it still doesn't work out or something like that. They, they found that that the intervention that you need to have in order to change the outcomes for what these kids' lives are like 
has to go so far back. It's not, it's not first grade. It's not kindergarten. It's not preschool. The way he actually um, tried to make it happen is by starting with the parents when, while they were pregnant. Wow. And that's where, and then they track sort of the progress of these wow. kids through there. And so I was thinking about that with, uh, with faith. Yeah. If someone, you know, if someone could have been there for her like that. Right. Pre-slayerdom. Yeah. Right. What would have, yeah, what would her life had looked like? Also, when you were saying that you reminded me of, I can't remember the name of this, but there's a, there's like a phrase for it. Um, it was like a study that was done where teachers were told they were given students who were like performing poorly or whatever. But they were, some of them were given the students and told just like, you know, the student is performing poorly. Can you, can you help bring their whatever up? And then some of the teachers were told the student is performing poorly, but they have taken these tests and they are off the charts. They are this like, and it was, you know, not even true, but this is a brilliant student. And those students performed unbelievably because the the teacher believed in their abilities, which also- And treated them differently as a result. Treated them differently. Mm -hmm. Treated them differently, which is, you know, again, ties back to this. It's like, what would happen if- what would happen if her, her life circumstances were different and what would happen if people believed in her? And right. And this obviously it's like we're looking through the lens of faith, but this applies to <laughs> a lot of our country and our world and like the way that things are structured and how we believe h- how people believe and look at certain people and not other people. Anyway, Buffy needs a break from Angel. These two are going to try to take a break again. I don't know if anybody wants Classic to take the Buffy over under on that. <laughs> trying to take a break. <laughs> Uh, but they have this they have a moment that I'll bring up because they bring the theme song in uh, where she's he says um, are you still my girl and she says always and we get like this a little bit of uh, close your eyes yeah it's like a it's like four notes of it and then it changes really mm. quickly I would like to hear all of the iterations of what is it close my eyes? close your eyes close your eyes <laughs> Close my eyes. Uh, <laughs> it would be nice to hear them all, like, it, next to each other, you know? Because there's so many different variations yeah. that they have throughout the series. Um, but, yeah. Uh, now I, for, for, I have a rare moment of feeling bad for Angel. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's he did what she asked him to do. Right, he played yes, the part. Right. And then she punishes him for it because he did it too well. Because he's the best mm, actor. Right. He's... <laughs> <laughs> to know that they were taking a a risk going into this i mean it's like they're pulling they're re they're reliving their like deepest trauma which which you have like they had to know i mean i feel bad too but it's sort of like when you go into that maybe maybe they didn't maybe they didn't realize what it was going to feel like but i felt like as the viewer man if you're going to like relive that and so vividly re- relive it because, as we discussed, Angel is really good at acting. Uh, it, it's not a surprise. I just feel like it wouldn't be that big of a surprise that she's going to need some space um, from that. Mm. And, of course, she's going to be the one that needs the space, not him. Like, he was inside, you know. Right. Yeah, he he had his internal compass totally calibrated. Right. She was the one who was taken, taken aback by seeing it. Yeah, right. I mean, she had, right. to see, she had to see him with faith also with faith also but like definitely the ptsd of yeah the second half of season two and ultimately having to 
kill Angel and send him to hell? Yeah. Uh, and then get over that and then have him drop out of the sky for reasons unknown. Naked. Uh, back into existence. <laughs> Naked and wet. <laughs> Listening. <laughs> and then like having to like reintegrate him into her life, like get him from like sort of his like beast mode back into like yeah. uh, his beauty mode. <laughs> I'm just pulling from the title. Oh, it's called Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> and then, like, dating him, not dating him, dating him, not dating him, and then this. Mm-hmm. It's so much. Yeah. For one slayer. Yeah, it's a lot. Things are getting, things are getting, it's almost as if we only have a few episodes left of the season. Mm. You know? I thought you were going to say, it's almost as if this show is really dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like we've covered all of the important aspects of this episode. Um, but one thing that we haven't touched on <laughs> is that one time in Highland Park, I saw Yurishi from far away, and I don't even know how I knew what you looked like because I listened to your podcasts, but <laughs> I saw you from far away and was like, I think that's... And we were with Kristen's family. They were like in from out of town. And I was like, excuse me, everyone. I'm going to like jog a block away from you. And then you're going to watch me almost get to this guy and then chicken out like, and then like turn a, around. Like she made it like a foot. Like she was so <laughs> close. I was like 10 feet away. And then I was like, no, nope, today's not my day. What was and I doing? I away. Um, you were uh, walking uh, like a person <laughs> would on the street, I think with your wife um, or a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But statistically, probably your wife. Uh, she also enjoys walking. Yeah. <laughs> classic wife uh and you you were just taking in the the sights and sounds of york boulevard mm-hmm. uh probably buying some like stationery or like <laughs> a burger or something uh and uh being not bothered by me oh, i'm sad i would have loved to have been bothered by you. that's I... what i said that's how i got her to jog in the first place mm-hmm. was you know she was like I, I couldn't possibly i couldn't i was like go it'd be so nice like wouldn't wouldn't it make you feel nice if somebody jogged up to you and said i really love all these things you do, they're so wonderful. Or like, you know, depending on the person, like I would be delighted, but also like, you know, I would just like hate to alarm someone or <laughs> like rupture your beautiful Sunday when you're just trying to hang out in the sunshine. Instead, you thought the better thing would be to do this and then ev- invite you over to our home. Yes, and trap tell you here. Tell you the story. <laughs> Once I saw you, but you didn't see me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, everyone's favorite narrative. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> um, great. Well, that's handled. Um, would you would you be so kind as to uh, tell everyone? I, I think that everyone listening to this knows where they can find you, but would you tell them all where to find you? Yeah. I'm um on Twitter at Rishi Hearway. My name's hard to spell. It's H-R-I-S-H-I. H-I-R-W-A-Y. Nobody who's listening to this is going to bother writing that down, but, you know. I feel like you were spelling it and you were like paused for a second and you were like, wait, how do I spell it? <laughs> I was paused to realize how silly it is to bother spelling it out. I don't know. I think it's, I, I spell my Twitter handle every episode. Oh, okay. Okay, So good. don't feel bad. They're used to, they're very yeah. accustomed to yeah. <laughs> having um, things spelled out for them. Or the same thing on Instagram if you're more of an Instagram person. Um, I have... Song Exploder, the podcast, and I have uh, the West Wing Weekly podcast, and you can find those wherever you got this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I make music and 
We don't need to talk about that. I was listening. We'll to talk about today, it when you're not here. And I was <laughs> loving it. I was like, I went from, I, I was at the gym and I uh, went from listening to Wilson Phillips because I don't know, I had like sent a Wilson Phillips song to somebody and then I was like at the gym and it was just on my thing. And I was like, I can work out to Wilson Phillips. <laughs> so I went from listening to Wilson Phillips to listening to your music. Oh. And uh, it was, they were very different as you might imagine. <laughs> but I, I loved, I loved everything that I heard. Oh, I was thanks. like in Spotify just going down the. I was thinking about. There's one one song that I was going to tell you about because it's um, a song about me thinking about all the ways that I'm going to die. Oh, my gosh. It's called Credible Threats. Credi- oh, yes. They are. They are Credible <laughs> Threats. They are. <laughs> and it's just me listing all of the ways that I think about how I might die and, what, and how to uh, get over it. Oh, wow. I will be listening to that song immediately. Okay. It sounds like you've written my anthem. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but yeah, and of course, all of the stuff will be in the show notes, so you can find all of the wonderful things that Rishi does. So great. So great to have you. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Ah, it was the best. Um, and and uh, we know that we have possibly inspired you to do a second watch of Buffy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and if, if I, there's ever a chance for me to come back. Oh, yeah. Oh, we would love. I would love to. Hell yes. Uh, would you mind staying to howl out with us? Yes. We don't, you don't know what that means, but that's even funnier. <laughs> you just agreed. You were like, yes, I, yes, I will. <laughs> I think I said, yes, I would mind. Let me change it. No, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> Great. Well, I am Jenny Owen Youngs, and when I'm not making this podcast or listening to Song Exploder or listening to The West Wing Weekly, I am making hot, hot jams. You can hear some of them over at JennyOwenYoungs.com slash buffering and you can always give me a shout on twitter at jenny owen youngs yes and i am Kristen. i almost said i am Kristen nolene i am Kristen russo but you can you're both i am both one in the same uh you can find more about me on my website which is kristinnoline.com that's k-r-i-s-t-i-n-n-o-e-l-i-n-e you can also use that spelling to find me on twitter and on instagram where i talk a lot i post a lot of pictures of our cat you know mm. all sorts of fun things happen in those spaces last but certainly not least uh you can find out about the work that i do with lgbtq communities over at everyoneisgay.com and mykidisgay.com buffering the vampire slayer is on twitter facebook and instagram at bufferingcast, and you can always email us at buffering the vampire slayer at gmail.com you can support our work in a couple of ways, of course, going over to iTunes, where you can rate and review the podcast, thereby allowing others to find us. Hooray. You can also support our work on Patreon. You can find that at bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Just click on Patreon and you'll see that there are a few levels of giving. You get really fun things in exchange. And last but not least, you can, of course, go to our store and purchase T-shirts designed by people like Christine Tuna and Isabella Rotman and Mallory Volk and Diane Kresge. So many T-shirts, so many enamel pins. And for the next two weeks, you can go to our store, check out the new design by Christine Tuna. It reads, Be the Thing That Monsters Have Nightmares About. And it will be for sale for the next two weeks with 100% of the proceeds going to benefit Time's Up. Also a reminder that we have five new lyric sheets up for the month of February going to benefit the Brown Boy Project, doing incredible work with LGBTQ communities of color and gender. Uh, you can read more about them at brownboyproject.org. That's brownboiproject.com. Thank you all so much. And Jenny, I, I think we're ready. Till next time. Uh, uh, subscribe to Candlebox. Thank you.
I can't really say I never trusted you That wouldn't be right, but How can anybody feel close to you? Indefinitely Never go looking for what you can't find Doesn't feel right, but Guess we're going separate ways tonight How could you and me, you and me Ever be, ever be enemies You and me, you and me I thought you and me, you and me Could never be, never be enemies You and me, you and me I can't really figure out where we went wrong Should've said something else Maybe I could've done some of these things differently Couldn't handle half a dose Of you being so stone cold Thought I was invincible but I was wrong How could you and me, you and me Ever be, ever be enemies You and me, you and me Never be, never be enemies You and me, you and me I can't really say I never trusted you But how can anybody feel close to you? How could you and me, you and me Ever be, ever be Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.